We're back. Sean, we've done this two weeks in a row. Two weeks in a row is officially a streak. It's a streak. It's a streak. We're streaking. To quote, uh, we're going streaking. We're going streaking. <laughs> if you guys get that movie reference, we applaud you. Yeah. Send us an email, saltcityscpodcast at gmail.com if you yes. understand it. Please do. Uh, I'm Jake. He's Sean. Uh, thanks for joining us here on Salt City FC, a podcast covering soccer in and around the great state of Utah. Sean, uh, we are one week into the season, and we officially have as many goals as Real Salt Lake does. That is true. That is true. Although, I'm more of a right back, so I don't know if you can really blame me for this one. Well, if you're right back in RSL's uh, current roster situation, you're probably playing winger. <laughs> might also be a winger. It's true. <laughs> so, I am not Aaron Herrera, though. I am not Aaron Herrera. <laughs> That's a good point. I'm very much a goalkeeper, so I am not going to be part of the attack. You, you, you got a little bit of center back in you? No. No, I no big Goal. big bodied, good feet. You Goal, got you got those offensive line steps. Goalkeeper, baby. The center back. Goalkeeper covering the covering. Plus, the, you're like six foot something in there. So my running joke on some of the other podcasts I do, Sean, is every once in a while I'll see an athlete who's listed at a certain height, and I've stood next to that athlete, and my exact words are: "If that athlete is that height, I am this height." Just because <laughs> it, it, there are times it's they're inflated to a large, large degree. There's currently an offensive lineman in Provo, Utah, BYU that. If he is listed the height he's listed at, I'm at least five inches taller than I actually am. Oh yeah. So and in NFL Combine season, we could yes. we could digress an entire podcast <laughs> on that. Absolutely. But instead, we're talking soccer. And Sean, let's start off with this. Real Salt Lake goes on the road for their season opener in Orlando and come away with a point in a nil-nil draw against Orlando City SC. Yeah. Here's the question, uh, Jake. I know a point on the road is a point on the road. Yes. Do you leave this match a little bit disappointed with RSL's performance, though? Okay, I so my initial reaction was I was disappointed because I felt like, in a way, Freddie Juarez waited too long to bring on players that I thought opened up the match. And the three guys I'm thinking of are the three attackers who came on late in this match. Corey Baird, mm-hmm. uh, uh, Justin Miram, as well as Giuseppe Rossi. I felt like those guys probably should have come in at the hour mark. And in the case of Rossi, he only plays 12 minutes of this match. Yeah. And you saw yeah. once those guys came on, the whole dynamic of how RSL went about this match, their attacking prowess, etc., it changed. So I felt like my only disappointment coming out of it, yes, a road point's a road point, and you will take that and you move on from it. But the fact that I felt like had those guys been given a bigger opportunity, maybe 30 minutes, they might have found a way to get a goal across. Yeah, I think you can say that. I I do worry that, that the reason why these guys were coming on so late is it has nothing to do with their skill or ability or, or technical ability or anything like that. Uh, it's entirely for fitness. It's yeah, still week one. That's part of it, yes. It's the first week of the season. Um, and... Baird's a little bit different, although he's been in and out with the national team, so he hasn't always been with RSL during this offseason. Correct. Um, but in particular with Miram and Rossi, uh, these are guys that came in pretty late. You know, Miram signed right before preseason, mm-hmm. and Rossi was with the team during preseason, but not officially totally with the team. And he, he was wasn't, a trialist. Yeah, and they weren't quite sure if he was going to be with the team. So, Well, heck, the uh, announcement of his signing a contract came the day before the match. Right. So, so. so if these two aren't totally fit, it wouldn't be surprising. And, and Justin Miram this week in training actually actually admitted that he's still trying to get back up to full fitness, so much so that Correct. he was wandering around the RSL Academy at like 4 o'clock in the afternoon. Uh, earlier this week 
as uh, groundskeepers and everyone were shutting off the lights, he was he was saying that like cooks were going home and like people were trying to, to kick him out. He joked with the media that he was washing dishes by the end of the night because he was the only one there. So I, I think they're taking it seriously. I think they're getting back into full fitness. But are they there all the way? Yeah, probably not, and that's probably why you saw so little of them. Yeah, the, so in our cell in this match, you noted in our rundown here, Sean, is they got outshot by Orlando City. It was 9-5, to five, but just two of those shots for Orlando City on goal. Only one for RSL ended up on goal, so... Mm-hmm. If for the most per, per opta, yeah, per opta, and this is for the most part, this is a pretty punchless match in all things told. Because of course, Orlando City was without Nani and Dom Dwyer mm-hmm. in this match. RSL, well, like you mentioned, they're still trying to get their top attacking talent into match fitness where they can go for and, an extended and run. a certain defensive midfielder. Also true. Yes, Kyle Beckerman was unavailable due to a foot injury, and we still don't know his status ahead of the home opener this week. We'll dig into that here in just a little bit, but. It, it felt like this match, very much a punchless um, attack on both sides, even though uh, you saw a couple of the chances. I think there's one in particular late in the match, 78th minute uh, for Orlando City. Oh, Chris Mueller shot. Yeah, yeah, Mueller. Yeah. He had an opportunity with that one. That's probably the best chance of this entire match, outside of the fact that uh, Albert Rusnak missed a streaking Corey Baird when he was in on goal. That's probably the two right golden opportunities for either team in this match, I felt right. like. And I'm not sure how that one was scored entirely. I don't think it went I down as a know. shot on goal I don't think entirely. it did either, yeah. I, don't, I can't even remember if it went down as a shot. I think it was just sort of... A missed, it was a missed chance. No, he, he missed. He did yeah. not. He did not have his head up, and he did not see Corey yeah. Baird breaking on the goal. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I totally agree. I I thought Zach McMath was very good for punching that that ball away. Correct. Um, he officially goes down with I think two saves on the day. We'll get into that a little bit later. I've got a game I want to play with you, Jake. I love these um, games you're coming up. Yeah, with. Yeah, we'll we'll save that for a couple of minutes. We'll we'll kind of wrap up here with Orlando City. But so I thought I thought Zach was was very good. I thought all things considered, RSL's defense was fine yeah um especially considering you had guys like outside back aaron herrera who was playing out of position you didn't have kyle beckerman in there to kind of shield the center backs um things looked a little bit shaky at times but ultimately they got the job done and in season one or in week one of of the season getting the job done is probably good enough is it great No, no but it's good enough it's fine Road points are important to making the playoffs in MLS. We've talked about this in the past, Sean, and at the end of the day, RSL comes away with a point. Now they turn their attention to the New York Red Bulls and their home opener this coming Saturday at Rio Tinto Stadium. I think it's going to be a pretty raucous atmosphere out there at the riot. Uh, we'll dig into that here in just a little bit. But, Sean, uh, any parting thoughts on this Orlando City match before we move on? And I'm, I'm excited for this game coming up here. Yeah, I, I I would just like to reiterate, a point on the road is a point on the road. Take a point on the road. Don't yeah. be too – you can be – you can want your team to improve. That's fine, but don't be upset with a point on the road. It's and, fine, and I think it's fine, guys. Okay, and this is fine. This type of this is fine. This type, this type of a performance. Uh, if this were happening, let's say in July, Sean, where they were to go to an Orlando or just go on an away match and just have a punchless, punchless attack, I'd be more concerned. Because right now, it's early in the season, obviously the first match of the season. Guys are still working their way up to full 90-minute fitness. So, yeah, you take the point, move on, and let's have some fun. So let's play a game. How about that? 
Yeah, let's do. Let's do. You want to okay. jump right into it, let's or you want it. you want an ad break? Uh, let's let's do it. Let's play should, we, should we throw it to one of our sponsors? No, it's well. We if you want to sponsor with us, we'd love to insert your your this, ad here. This this could be us, but you play, and so come <laughs> throw us twenty bucks, and we'll give you a sponsorship. Yeah, let us let us know. But let's play the game, Sean. Let's, All right. let's do the same. So excited. I got a new game. Okay. Uh, we had a game based around my degenerate love of gambling Correct. last week. Uh, we may bring that back eventually. I thought that was a lot of fun. This game. Um, is a little bit of a riff on internet meme culture. All right. Because um, you've probably seen something on Twitter or, you know, saw somebody post something on Instagram and you thought, nah. <laughs> um, so, uh, we're podcasters. Correct. And in the podcast space, we love overreacting to everything. Yeah. So, week one into RSL's 2020 season is the perfect time to overreact, right? Obviously, come on. Yeah, 100%. We live in a digital age, Sean. 100%. The internet, people live on the internet to overreact to any and everything out there. 100%. So we're going to panic. Okay. Or maybe we're going to panic. This game is called Panic or Namic. I like it. I like it. So uh, I'm going to give you, I've got four things on here. Three of them are RSL related, and then we're going to go kind of the big story in Major League Soccer this week. Okay. Um, And you're just going to tell me, is this something that you're ready to panic about? Or are you pressing the nab button? Okay. All right. So let's start off. We talked a lot about RSL's attack. Mm-hmm. All right. Justin Miriam, Giuseppe Rossi, Jason uh, uh, Ramirez just barely reported to training the 18-year-old Venezuelan international from Deportivo Táchila. Um, so that rolls right off your there tongue. There are by the way. Deportivo Táchila. Yeah, it just rolls just yeah. perfect. <laughs> I saw an unnamed TV uh, sports broadcaster in this market. Who uh, again? I'm I'm not gonna I'm not gonna name names, so uh-huh. so nobody get mad. But when Jason Ramirez signed, uh, he pronounced his name as Jason Ramirez from Deportivo Tachira. Tachira. Yeah, and it it hurt my ears. <laughs> it hurt my ears. It's Tachira, guys. All right, Tachira. I dig. Uh, anywho, um, so yeah, so RSL's got all these new attacking talents, and they okay. didn't do anything in Orlando. True. Again, whether it was time or whether it was fitness or whatever, they they didn't hardly do anything. So, is it time to panic on RSL's attack? Are you pressing the panic button, Jake? I am not hitting the panic button on RSL's attack. I, I think the, the three guys who came into that match in particular against Orlando City, uh, we already mentioned them, Giuseppe Rossi, Justin Miram, and Corey Baird. Like I said, the whole dynamic of how RSL looked as a team on the field changed once they entered this match. I can only imagine you can extrapolate that over a 90-minute span. Once those guys are fully integrated with this team, fully match fit, I think things are going to be look a lot different for ourselves attack. So I'm I'm nah, Mick, on this. Okay, yeah, no, I agree. I I don't think there this is anywhere close to panic time. I mean, we're talking about a couple of guys that have been in Salt Lake for what, like a month at most. Yeah, I think in Justin Miriam's case, um, it's. You know, chemistry is still getting there. They're they're all professionals, so they know that they need to get the ball rolling probably sooner than later. Correct. Um, but they've got time. I I think they're getting there. I think they'll be fine. I think RSL's attack overall will be fine. Um, we went into that a little bit deeper on our preseason episode last week, so y'all mm-hmm. can rewind to that if you really want more there. But uh, I agree. I'm I'm more nah on this one. Here's here is where I'm panicking a little bit more, Jake. Okay. Um. RSL's defense. All right. It wasn't just going on the road, holding a pretty good but not great Orlando City team, although maybe a little less than pretty good without the likes of Nani, without the likes of Dom Dwyer, holding them scoreless at home. That should be applauded overall. Um, 
But I don't know if I felt great about RSL's defense, especially considering, you know, most of their guys are coming back. Yeah, Aaron Herrera is playing out of position, but he's still on the field. At the end of the game, he's still there yeah. to do what he can do. Um, and RSL had 34 clearances in this match. And they weren't just, like, poke the ball away type no. clearances. They were, like, boot them into the 7th, 8th, or ninth row of the stands type clearances. Get rid of that ball. A lot of them came very last second, mm-hmm. uh, like like – these Orlando players were just catching RSL center backs off guard pretty regularly. Um, I'm a little bit more scared for RSL's defense, but what do you think about the helter-skelter defensive performance we saw on Saturday? Are you panicking? Are you are you feeling more nah? Well, that's the word. Uh, so you put that in our rundown as well. Helter-skelter. And that's the way it definitely did feel. When, uh, just watching this uh, match go down. You're right. The, the defense, to their credit, they kept a clean sheet, so you have to give them credit in that they regard. Got, they, got, they got the job done, 100%. Yes. But uh, Marcelo Silva, for the first half of that match, as I tweeted out on my Twitter feed, you can follow me at Jacob C. Hatch. You can check out Sean at Actually DSW. I tweeted out that Marcelo Silva was the best player on the field for RSL in the first half because he was making many of these clearances, and they were last gasp type of clearances. You're right. So... I'm not going to say full-blown panic on this, Sean, but I do have a sense of panic with regards to the fact that RSL just looked like they were scrambling at multiple points uh, trying to keep that ball out of the back of the net. And so credit to them for keeping the clean sheet. You have to give them credit for that. But it is a concern going forward against better teams with much better attacks. They're going to punish a team like RSL if they're going to continue to be as sloppy as they were in the back. So maybe a little bit of panic? Yeah, so I said minor panic, yeah, I guess. A little, we'll bit, go yeah. a little bit of panic. Yeah. All right. Again, not a ton. We're yeah. overreacting. We get it. Week We're one. overreacting to one week weekend. one, guys. But, but have some fun with us. Um, speaking of overreactions. Okay. So we've, we've gone over the attack. We've gone over the defense. Neither of us, I think, feels great about either one. So is it time to overreact about the Freddie Juarez era? No. I'm, I'll say right now, Namek on the Freddie Juarez era. He's one match in. He's one match in. officially the head coach of Real Salt Lake. Of course, he had half a season last year as the interim before that interim tag was lifted, and he was named as the full-time replacement for Mike Petke. But, I'm yeah, I've got Namek on this right now. Yeah, I I agree. I mean, I I think it's way, way, way too early to judge anything on Freddy Juarez and his tenure, even though he's been with the club for approximately 5,078 years. Yes, he's been around um, every level but, of Real Salt Lake's pantheon of teams, etc. But, but but yeah, I do think it's too early. Um, I, I think Freddy will probably be fine overall mm-hmm. um, with this era. The one, the one caution I will bring up is watching that team Saturday did not look dramatically different from one of Mike Pecky's RSL teams or even one of Jeff Cassar's RSL teams or even a little bit with kind of the tail end of Jason Christ's RSL teams. Yeah, Continuity can be a good thing, but I would like to see Freddie kind of leave his stamp a little bit more profusely. Get some dy- on his line. dynamicism going yeah, on. Yeah, just just do something to make them a little bit different. Might as um, well. You have a brand new look on the field coming up this Saturday. We're going to see the cobalt shorts coming back, the blue true. shorts. That's true. So. Now, better now than that. No time like the present, right? Yeah, absolutely. So I think in that regard, you've got a point there, Sean. You 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 do want to see RSL have a Mike, not Mike Hickey. You want to see uh, Freddie Juarez put his stamp on this franchise, but it's one match. He's got a, a big opportunity here, of course, to make his impact print uh speaking of overreaction let's zoom out okay into major league soccer the big story this week 
was your boy, Jake's boy. He loves this guy. Uh, Yosef Martinez from Atlanta United. I will admit, I do love Yosef Martinez. Yosef Martinez uh, coming down with a torn right anterior cruciate ligament. He is done for the season. Uh, one of the most dynamic players in the league. Mm-hmm. Uh, arguably the best goal scorer in league history. Currently record holder, so I think you can at least say that arguably. Um, his season is over. What about Atlanta United's? Does this cost Atlanta United a playoff oh, spot not having a player of the caliber of Yosef Martinez? Okay, if we're just going just playoff spot, Sean, they'll be a playoff team. We're talking a league where you go seven deep in each conference that make the playoffs. That's true. So that's true. Atlanta's still got plenty of talent on the field. So I still think they're a playoff team, but do I think they're a legit title contender like they would have been with a guy like Yosef Martinez on the field? I'm out on that. They are not a title contender without him. So, so pending how you want to, you say playoff team. Okay, so I'm nomic. I'm I'm not panicking about them being a playoff team, but I am definitely panicking on them being a, a legit MLS Cup contender. You're, you're you're dialing back the MLS Cup expectations. I'm sure our massive Atlanta United support squadron that listens to this. Podcast Sorry, five stripes. Be, yeah, I'm sure they'll be very disappointed to hear that. Uh, but no, I agree. I think this is still a playoff team. This is still a very good side. They do still have some very good talent and deep talent overall. I mean, you're yes. talking about guys like Ezekiel Barco. Uh, one of the most dynamic up-and-coming players in this league, the young Argentine. You know, he's still around. Um, you still got Brad Guzan there in the back. Emerson Hinman has been very good on his day, obviously, former U.S. international. Correct. Um, I think still former. Yeah, he hasn't really been called up in a little bit. No. In a minute. Um, Jeff, Lo- Jeff Lorenowitz is still there anchoring the midfield. You know, our boy, our boyfriend of the podcast, Brooks Lennon, uh, is still there. Maybe this moves him into more of an attacking position. Uh, to play up there with Atlanta United. So I I think this is still a very... Oh, and I didn't even mention P.T. Martinez. I was going to say, P.T. Martinez, is, you got to bring up his who, name. Who he? He's who, only a DP yeah, player. Yeah, Come who on. He. <laughs> um, so yeah, my boy Miles Robinson, Syracuse, hashtag Syracuse Proud, uh, there at, uh, at center back. So I think this is still a very good team, still a very deep team. Are they that kind of top echelon team without Joseph Martinez? I'm not going to say no quite yet. Okay. But I think that's t- I think it's TBD. I think right. it's definitely TBD. All right, Sean. Let's take a short time out here. We'll come back, and we're going to look ahead to the New York Red Bulls uh, for Real Salt Lake, their home opener at the Riot this Saturday. Get to a conversation the media had with Justin Miram. That was a fantastic conversation because he had some good things to say. We'll get to that. And also, you talked about some Utah Royals Uh some news coming out from the Royals. One of their stalwart players, one of the best players for the U.S. women's national team on the move. We'll get to all of that next right here on Salt City FC. Right, Salt City FC, we are back. Sean Walker, Jay Catch. Sean, let's talk about the New York Red Bulls. This is a team. Who are they? Uh, well, they're K. Okay. Never heard of them. Very interesting history with the New York Red Bulls. 
a very good regular season team in their recent past, but playoffs have just been an abject failure if you're hoping to see an MLS Cup there in Harrison, New Jersey at any point in the near future, it looks like. Yeah, certainly ever since they uh, rather controversially fired a certain former RSL coach who will be unnamed, too. Yeah, kind of funny. And yeah. We can name him Mike Pecky. Weird, weird how that works. Friend of the pod, Mike Pecky. <laughs> yes, friend of the podcast. Absolutely. Shout out to Mike. Uh, but... They come into to Sandy this week to the to Rio Tinto Stadium to face off against Real Salt Lake in their home opener, twelve o'clock Mountain Time on Saturday afternoon. Weather looking like it's going to be fantastic for an early March tilt here in the great state of Utah, Sean. I'm expecting these two teams to try and go out, as you said in your article for KSL.com, flex muscle or just or flex on one another. Yeah, one hundred percent. I mean, I, this is. We, we spent enough time talking about some of the attacking deficiencies from week one that Real Salt Lake suffered. Mm-hmm. And and I think we're going to see those error, a lot of those errors corrected, a lot of that fitness brought up. Uh, th- these are a group of players that are really excited to be playing at home. Obviously, they know what's at stake when playing at home. Um, they know that a club like RSL has very little leeway in terms of winning or and or pulling results off of every single one of their home matches if they yeah. really want to make the playoffs. So they really need to, to kind of start on the right foot. Um, and against a, a Red Bulls team that I think is going to wind up being very dangerous this year. I mean, this is, this is a team, I have them as one of my three or four best teams in the East. I don't know about you. But I I think they're one of I'll go four probably one of the four best teams in the Eastern Conference. Maybe that's a little bit of a hot take right now, but I I think they still they they still got talent, um, and they showed it scoring three goals yeah. against a I mean against FC Cincinnati. So one and a half of them maybe don't count, but <laughs> three. But you take a three two win in the season opener any day of the week. Uh, 100%. So savage on FCC, the FC Cincinnati, man. Hey, I picked I picked my boys FC Cincinnati to make the playoffs in their expansion year, and they let me down. I'm still hurt. That was one of our I preseason still, predictions that you got owned. I on. am still jaded. Well, I am out. I am out on FC. Let's Cincinnati. put it this way: FC Cincinnati has had just come, my, come back at me. Give me a call when you want to get back together. But okay. I'm waiting. I'm waiting for the phone call. I'm okay. waiting. FC Cincinnati. I'm not picking it up. FC Cincinnati might have had the worst start to a franchise in MLS history. Yeah. yeah. In terms of just being an expansion club, they have had a rough go of things. Yeah. There's no doubt about that. Yeah. But, Shout out to Nippert Stadium, though. Yeah. Awesome. But you're right, Sean. Uh, I think New York is a underrated, albeit very strong opponent. And I actually wanted to play a clip here. Let's play it. Uh, it actually, so my, when we were talking with Freddie Juarez earlier this week, when he talked about New York Red Bulls, he actually said something that I wanted to get to. So let's just let him say it. So here you go. Freddie Juarez on what RSL is facing when they face off against the Red Bulls. Very good team. It's going to be a great test. This is one of the top teams in the MLS by far. They know their style. You know, it's that's a, that's the Red Bull DNA. The six, seven teams that they have around the world all play like that. They make it tough on you. They're all energy. Um, Chris does a good job with them. He's added a little bit of his own twist to it. So this, we're excited. We think it's going to be a good, good game. Um, I think the fans are going to enjoy it. We hope we get the better of them. But it's going to be a tough game. It's not going to be an easy game. But if you play them over there or here, they're, they're, they play the same way anywhere they play. They know what they're about, and they know they're going to come out 100%. We're going to hopefully tactically can do some things that try to take some of their strengths away and capitalize on that. We'll see. It's going to be a fun game. They've had their own youth movement in a way the last couple of seasons. What have you seen from that in terms of just paying off their 
I guess, development pattern. That's it. That's 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 Red Bull. They they they're all about young, energetic legs. The style of play they have, they got to have guys that can fly. Um, they're they're best when they're against the ball. So we we all know the Red Bull way. Um, what's going on in, in with Liverpool the same way. Back in you know when Jurgen was coaching in Germany, it's they become against the ball is a playmaker so the team makes a mistake they pounce on that and they're going they're flying with numbers they lose the ball they make that their best playmaker loss of possession setting traps winning it and going forward so this this team that's that's a hard thing to teach to a team uh but red bull buys into it 100 and having the young players that they've had at the academy that come through red bull too there's a consistency with them seeing that style of play and they're all in they're all in, and I watched three games uh, in uh, when we were in Tucson. Watched this first home opener. The team plays the same way, whether it's this, a second group that they put out or a first group they put out. They're very energetic, very dangerous, and it's going to be a very good test for us this early in the season. How do you think Aaron's hand? There you go, Freddie Juarez. What did he say, Sean? Red Bulls play the same around the world, home or away. It's just something that is ingrained into the culture of that club, and. I have a hard time disagreeing with them. They play that style, and it's a. We talked about just barely. We wanted to see Freddie Wars maybe make an imprint on Real Salt Lake. Well, guess what? When you face off against the New York Red Bulls, you know exactly what to expect. Right, and and Red Bulls are one of those clubs that I think are they're doing things that RSL wish. Maybe yeah. not wish could they could do because they're doing a lot of the same things, but they're they're building up the same style of play, whether it's from the academy to their USL side and Red Bulls too, whatever that means, um, all the way up to New York, and then they're spreading it out to Red Bulls mm-hmm. other affiliates across the league and across the world and in Austria and Germany and and the like. So this is there is a very distinct Red Bull style. And kids are growing from it. They're learning it from the time they're 8, 10, 12, 14 years yeah. old. They're picking it up. And then that eventually translate into, translates into the first team. Now, the difference, obviously, between what New York's doing with that academy setup and what RSL's doing with their academy setup, which is very similar, is the Red Bull Corporation also has a lot of money that they can come in and, and <laughs> kind of throw some big-time international players and and put them into the mix as well, in addition to this right style of play. But I think that's why why you haven't seen a team with as much coaching turmoil or turnover mm-hmm. at least in the last couple of years they haven't really dropped off they haven't really dramatically changed who they are they're still the same red bulls yeah um year to year place to place here there and there whether it's whether it's in harrison new jersey or salt lake city or you know down in panama for CONCACAF Champions League. Yeah. They're they're the same team. Their style travels with them. There's no doubt about that. So it will be an interesting match. Obviously, Arcel needs to be much better in the attack. Uh, You and I were both there on hand when Justin Miram spoke to the media earlier this week, Sean. And um, to put it nicely, he was persona non grata down there in Orlando. Uh, when he came on, I, I was like, oh my gosh, we're getting the Gordon Hayward treatment going on here with Orlando fans. They were... Less than enthused to see one of their former players step onto the pitch against their team. But, hey, I think that Justin Miram understood what he was getting himself into. Weird. It's almost like former players occasionally leave your club. I know. And they ha- there's hard, hard feelings on both sides, yeah. it feels Odd. like. Or maybe on at least one side, I suppose. But without further ado, Sean, let's let you hear from Justin Miram this week. Uh, a great tidbit. And you, mentioned, you, you referenced it earlier on in this podcast about his extra work going on at the RSL Academy of late and how late he actually is staying at the academy. So here you go, Justin Miram, right here on Salt City FC. 
going back to a place I played, so try to take the emotion out of it, try and come in and do what I could do, um, you know, with that 15-20 minutes, try and bring a spark off the bench. Freddie kind of mentioned that he knew what position he was putting you in based on like you used to play in Orlando. Uh, the reception there was a little acrimonious. How much did you hear what they were saying and how did it feel? Uh, it was okay. It's sports. Uh, players get booed all the time in, in different venues. Uh, if, if that's how it's going to be. I, I was there before with Atlanta. Knocked them out of the semifinals, so maybe they're still bitter from, uh, from that, apparently. How has, uh, I guess, how did it go through that the preseason with kind of getting acclimated to, you know, your new teammates and kind of just maybe different style of play? How would you say that's gone so far, and how has that adjustment been? Yeah, it's good. Just trying to get more games under my belt. Obviously, came in, uh, didn't get many minutes game-like in preseason, so just trying to push myself here um, with the time we have. Uh, you know, off days coming in, just trying to up my fitness, up my touches within the group, and, you know, um, just try and speed up the process as fast as I can. So, with the home opener coming up this weekend, you've you've played here before, obviously against the home mm-hmm. crowd. What's kind of the perception of Rio Tinto coming in as a visitor, and and are you a little more excited to maybe have those guys on your side now? Yeah, of course. Obviously, uh, fans are you know fantastic here. Obviously, I've been here uh, over the years, so. Definitely, definitely make it hostile, and then you add in the, the altitude and you know the way RSL plays, and it kind of um, you get you know a little bit under it, uh, and you're facing you know the, all the circumstances, and it's kind of difficult. So it'd be good to be on this side of it. Obviously, feeling altitude these last couple of days here, so which is good. Uh, puts your body through a little bit of a different type of stress, and, and you build. Um, you, you know, you build more fitness in a way because if you can run in altitude, you know, in other climates, you should be, you know, even more fit. So just trying to use it to to my advantage um, in the short period that I've been here. Um, for someone in your position who's trying to get, you know, up to the fitness that you're used to, do you do any extra off days, like to try to speed up the process? Yeah, I mean, yesterday I was here from 9 a.m. to 3.30 in the p.m., you know? Uh, I think I got in trouble for being here a little too long. Uh, but look, I just need to play. Play more games, you get more fit playing games. Um, so whenever um, you know, they want me to get in, you know, I'll do what I can do in that amount of time. And then you know, build off it. That's, that's kind of the way you got to look at it. Um, you know, being here for four weeks. So uh, the most of 10 minutes, 15 minutes. Like I did well against Phoenix in Orlando. Okay, at some couple moments, so just trying to build off each 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 time I get out there, and uh, you know, put my best foot forward. Who told you that you were here a little bit too long? I think everybody. <laughs> really, just casually like turning off the lights on yeah, you, like, hey, it's time some, to go home. <laughs> some, doing some. I was here past the equipment manager and the cooks and everybody. I was cleaning dishes. <laughs> That's awesome. Fantastic stuff, and thanks once again to RSL forward slash winger slash midfielder slash dishwasher, question mark. Justin yeah. Miram, staying late at the academy, uh, staying late, trying to get back to full fitness in time for this Saturday's home opener against the New York Red Bulls. Once again, that's a Saturday, March 7th at noon Mountain Time in the tops of the Rockies, uh, Rio Tinto Stadium. Uh, really good stuff from Miram, though. Yeah. Really good. Uh, I'm, I think this guy's going to be... a 
a quiet media favorite despite being brand new. With well, if he's like that every week yeah. or whenever he speaks to the media, I'm not saying he's going to talk every week per se, but if he's like that, yeah, he'll be he'll be a quote. He'll be a great quote yeah. because that 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 quote alone is talking. About, you know, I was washing dishes by the end of the night. That that stuff is gold in our world. And you and I both work in sports media in two different types of media. You're digital media, digital written content. I work in the sports radio thing. And in both media, in both mediums, that type of a quote is awesome. I fully expect you to pull that as a drop for your morning show with uh, your Salt Lake City-based radio station. We, we will do that. We'll make right. sure to get that. Make it happen. We will make that happen. All right, Sean, uh, one other thing I wanted to touch on before we wrap up this week's podcast. We're going to pivot here and talk about the Utah Royals FC. Uh, big trade, Sean. I don't think people realize how big of a trade this is, but uh, Utah Royals FC sends uh, one of the best U.S. Women's National Team players and Becky Sauerbrunn, their stalwart defender. She is on the move, going to Portland Thorns, and in exchange, RSL getting a bunch of cash in return. Uh, you you broke this story, if I'm not mistaken, Sean, on KSL.com. At least you were the first I saw. You tweeted out on Salt City FC, our Twitter handle. Break this down for us. What is Utah Royals? What are they? What are the? What is the thinking? And then, in terms of what they got in return, how did they do in that regard? In your mind? Yeah. So this this trade's been in the works. First reported by uh, John Holleran over at Equalizer Soccer. So shout out to John. We should get him on the podcast. We should. He silently silently listens to us every now and then. So okay. Hi, John, if you're listening. Um, but uh, John Holleran over at Equalizer Soccer, Meg Linehan at the Athletic had this. We're we're reporting that Sauerbrunn was on her way to the Rose City after kind of sort of trying to get there for the last couple of years she's she's owned an apartment uh in portland with her boyfriend who uh who works for adidas i believe okay um and has been commuting back and forth between portland and salt lake city for the better part of two years now which you've had to commute for work every now and then it can be a drag now imagine having to do it with the plane yeah, it's, that. you know, I mean, it's it's rough. It's it's tough professionally. She's also going to be 35 this year. Um, sorry if I'm giving away your age, Miss Sauerbrunn. I, I apologize. But we know what it's like to get to the mid-30s. Your body just doesn't feel the same as it did, you know, 10 or 15 years ago, let alone as being a professional athlete. Um, so she just she felt like she needed this trade. She needed kind of a move to be back closer to home, be back closer to your family. Um and uh, and the Royals and the Thorns were, were happy to figure out a way to fit her into the system. Now, uh, what is what are Utah Royals FC getting in exchange for Becky Sauerbrunn? Arguably the best center back in the world. Certainly one of the three or four best, I think you can say. U.S. international starter, team captain, uh, two-time defending World Cup champion, etc. Um, they're, they're not going away totally empty-handed. Yeah. So first off, uh, they'll get a player, center back Elizabeth Ball, coming in from Portland to the Royals. She's she's another center back about the same size okay. as Becky Sauerbrunn, actually five six five seven, um, similar builds, but she's also about ten years younger. She just barely turned twenty four years old. Oh, so she's okay, so, a young prospect. Yeah. Then. So she's she's played two years in the league. She started, I think it was thirteen games last season. Uh, for the Thorns, so kind of 50-50 starter coming off the bench, that sort of thing. Uh, yeah, just over a thousand minutes um, in in her inaugural year. She's a Penn State product, so she's obviously got that pedigree. Uh, but this is, I think it's fair to say, this is much more of a sort of high upside type center back. 
Not somebody who's proven like Becky Sauerbrunn, yeah. but, but somebody who could develop into something pretty good. The big part of this trade, however, is cold hard cash. And you know the owners, uh, professional sports owners, love cash so they can go out and spend it and, <laughs> and try to bring in some big name players. Yes. Um, the Royals are getting at least $100,000 in allocation money. And let's put this in perspective. We're not $100,000 in NWSL. It's a significant it goes chunk a of money. Really long way. $100,000 in today's MLS and Major League Soccer. That's a, uh, almost a drop in the bucket. I mean, it, it goes like. a little bit. It goes a little ways, but as compared to what it's doing in the NWSL, yeah. it, it, it it's a significant, significant amount of money here that the Royals are acquiring that they can now use to acquire some more talent. Yeah, and this is this is allocation money that can be used. It can be used both to bolster their current roster, try mm-hmm. to keep some big name stars they might have that might be entertaining, like some overseas interest, that kind of thing. Raise their their salary to try to keep them home, or they can also. Uh, flip it, do the inverse, and go overseas, try to bring somebody in, say, from Europe or from China, where they're paying a bunch of money to their players, yeah. and bring them in over here. Um, I'm told by sources close to the club that that is exactly what the Royals are planning to do. They're currently in discussions to bring in a, a pretty big international target. Cool. Um, can't quite say who, but I'm sure this $100,000 in guaranteed allocation money will certainly go a long way towards that. Uh, there is also about $50,000 that could be triggered to come from Portland to Utah around the end of the season if certain incentives and triggers are met with with this trade, but we'll see how much of that actually gets filtered in um, to the program. But at the very least, $100,000 can go a long way. And one more thing, Jake. Mm-hmm. We, we talk... When we talk about trades like this, we talk a lot about the sporting element. I think there is also a human element Always. to it. Um, Becky's put in her time. I, you know, she deserves to go home. Yeah, quite frankly. And yes, does this make Portland significantly better? Absolutely. Yeah. I, Portland, <laughs> Portland might be my front runner now. You take one. Of, you take all, one of the best center backs in the women's game in the world. Yeah. Yeah, you're making your your club significantly better. They still got Christine Sinclair on the on the attacking. Correct. So yeah, I mean Portland. I don't know if this is quite enough to overtake North Carolina as the front runner okay. of the league this year. But they're a front number it two. It might be. Okay. It might be, and they're definitely the number two team in the league. Like far and away the number two team in the league right now. So did Portland make out better in this trade? Right now, yeah, probably. In the short run, yes. Yeah. But I do think there's also the a little bit of that human element. And players notice when when clubs are willing to work with players to kind of Maneuver and managing them as they approach the downturn of their careers and that sort of thing. I, and I think in the long run, it'll it'll be good for the Royals. Well, and you're you're right in that regard, Sean. And actually, that that reputation, if you, if if a club is um, so married to the idea of no, we have to be good at all times, and we're we're heartless about cutting and signing players and that type of stuff. That reputation gets around, Sean. But also, as you mentioned, a, a club that is willing to work with athletes and get them in a good situation, even if it might not be with that club, that all that reputation also gets around, and it can help down the road with other athletes. So, yeah, I'm totally okay with the Royals helping uh, Becky Sauerbrunn go home. Uh, like, you, like you said, it makes the Portland Thorns infinitely more dangerous this season in particular and in, in the near term. But in terms of what the Royals acquired in return, I thought they did quite well for themselves. Just getting the allocation money and, of course, Ball coming in here, the young center back that you can work with. She's 
played significant minutes to this point, and you hope at some point she takes the next step and becomes maybe a, an everyday starting caliber center back. Yeah, 100%. Uh, we'll have more Utah Royals FC news mm-hmm. coming up on future editions of the, of the podcast. Preseason starts Monday. Yep. Can't believe preseason's already here. Wild. Um, the uh, season opener's just a month away. Nine-team league once again. I'm really, really excited. You know me, though. I, I love me some women's soccer. <laughs> I'm a women's soccer fan first and then a soccer fan in general. You in are. In general seconds. So. All right, Sean, one final note before we go, and I failed to put this in our rundown, and I'll take the blame for this one, but the Real Monarchs, who are, of course, the USL affiliate of Real Salt Lake, well... Excuse me, sir. Reigning okay, sorry. USL Cup okay, champion. Let, let, me, let me rewind. Reigning USL... Uh, what is it? USL is it the Premier Division? USL Cup. USL Cup. Defending champion Real Monarchs open their cup defense this Saturday on the road at San Antonio. Put some respect on our boy Hamas and I Olave. apologize. Friend yep. of the podcast, they've Hamas got that, and Olave. They've got that star on the field. I don't know if anybody's been That's out true. and seen it. It's pretty cool to see. And Another one on the kit. Yeah, so congratulations, by the way, to the Real Monarchs. That's a massive, massive accomplishment for them to win the USL Cup and do it on the road, no less, at Louisville. That was pretty cool to see. Most titles of a professional sports franchise in Utah in the last decade. Ooh, wow. Nice poll. Well done, sir. Deep cut. Wow, that is a deep cut, but you deep are cut. right, because we are now outside the decade mark uh, for for Real Salt Lakes. That's pretty fascinating in that regard, so well done there. So, yeah, they open up this Saturday, uh, 6.30 p.m. Mountain Time at San Antonio. That'll be at Toyota Field, and I would expect that Real Monarchs are going to run it back here, and everything we've seen over the last three, four seasons, Sean, is the Real Monarchs are going to be contenders, and it looks like they're going to keep it that way coming up this coming season. Yeah, good luck to the Monarchs this weekend, opening the season at San Antonio. Home opener, get your tickets now, Saturday, March 14th against Phoenix Rising FC. You can go over to realmonarchs.com for That's tickets. quite the match to have your home opener with. I know, right? Phoenix is a pretty good team. They, Of course, they beat RSL in the preseason, Real that, Salt Lake. Yeah, that, that should be fun. That should be fun. All right, Sean, any parting shots slash wisdom you'd like to impart upon our listeners before we go? I'm just glad to have soccer back. Uh, that is all. a good point. I'm just glad it's back. All right, get out to the riot this Saturday. Uh, support Real Salt Lake as they take on the New York Red Bulls. We'll, of course, have coverage for you next week. We'll, of course, be back. Sean is now headed to Las Vegas to fulfill some other duties when it comes to his media obligations and his day job. And thanks again for joining us. This has been Salt City FC. Salt City FC.